I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 12 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. Continuing our exploration of the reactions we experience in response to a crisis, the focus of today's podcast is isolation to support. Now, as humans, we rarely experience crises alone, as they usually have an interpersonal component to them. A crisis might impact a large number of people, such as a natural disaster or financial meltdown. Also, while a crisis may appear to only affect you, such as a serious injury, the reality is that others are either affected by it, including your family, or played a vital role in how you respond to it, such as your medical team. As the sermon by the English author John Donne goes, no man is an island, entire in itself. Yet, our natural tendency is to get on that island and isolate ourselves from others when a crisis hits. Back when we were cave people, this distancing acted to protect us from the perceived threat. These days, though, the separation is driven by our attempts to avoid the crisis in the hope that it'll just go away. Usually, that distancing isn't effective. We often feel a strong desire to curl up in a ball in our bedroom and lock the door to our house. We just want to be left alone. Unfortunately, this isolation feeds our crisis mentality and prevents us from confronting the crisis head-on. Think about what you're likely to do when you separate yourself from others during a crisis. With no outward distractions, your focus turns inward entirely on your own internal machinations around the crisis. Without any outside perspective, you view the crisis only through one lens, your own mind's eye, which may or may not be an accurate representation of the crisis. Your thinking can become stubbornly rigid, fatalistic, and catastrophizing. Your emotions can become negative, intense, and overwhelming, and your stress levels escalate as your negative thinking and unpleasant emotions feed on themselves. In your isolation, you very likely may build a silo of misery around yourself that leaves you unprepared psychologically, emotionally, physically, socially, and practically to confront the crisis that lies before you. One of the most daunting aspects of a crisis is feeling that you have to face it on your own. This perception can make you feel unprepared, incapable, overwhelmed, and just plain alone. To continue John Donne's verse, every man is part of a continent, a part of the main. When you recognize that you're part of a larger group of people who can help you surmount a crisis, you give yourself a much better chance of a successful resolution. One of the most robust findings in the research is that social support is one of the best buffers against the stresses of a crisis. Studies have found that it lessens the impact of stressful events, reduces the intensity of the negative reactions caused by a crisis, and inspires new and healthier ways of responding to the stress. Interestingly, social support doesn't just have a psychological influence. It also has massive physical benefits, such as improved cardiovascular health, bolstering immune system activity, and reducing the impact of stress-related hormones. When you actively seek out positive connections with others, you foster an opportunity mindset in several ways. First, considerable research has demonstrated that keeping difficult emotions to yourself during times of stress leads to even more harmful reactions to it. Conversely, sharing negative emotions during stress can effectively mitigate their impact. Also, as the saying goes, two or more heads are better than one, which applies here because more people means more ideas aimed at overcoming the crisis. Finally, both support and solutions are more likely to encourage a mindset of opportunity. Now, as you can see, social support is a vital aspect of overcoming a crisis. Let's explore this a little further. Social support can be divided into four categories, emotional, technical, practical, and shared experience. Let's start with emotional support. It comes from primarily from family and friends and is shown through love, care, and encouragement. This support will help you generate more beneficial emotions to counteract the inevitable unpleasant emotions that come from a crisis. 
Additionally, it acts as an outlet for negative emotions associated with a crisis, such as sadness and frustration, that you would otherwise keep to yourself. Just letting it out to somebody you care about makes you feel better. Emotional support includes others giving you healthy perspective as well and more positive ways of looking at the crisis. Simply put, emotional support can lift you up psychologically and emotionally when you're feeling down. Second, technical support comes from people with specific expertise related to a crisis, such as healthcare professionals, therapists, and financial experts. Technical support provides you with information that you can then use to better understand and respond to a crisis. In a crisis situation, the saying is knowledge is power, which means that the knowledge gathered through technical support can increase your familiarity and control over the crisis and perhaps help you find a resolution to it. Ultimately, information enhances your confidence, strengthens your resolve, and provides you with solutions to the crisis you face. Third, practical support comes from a variety of sources and involves providing you with useful strategies for coping with a crisis. When faced with a crisis, there are usually a lot of things that you must do to overcome it. For example, to respond constructively to a crisis, you may need financial management tools, dietary regimens, or a place you feel safe. Unfortunately, unless you happen to be an expert in that particular area where the crisis strikes, or you have experienced the crisis before, you often don't know what you need to do to respond to it constructively. Practical support has many benefits, including a greater sense of control, improved confidence, increased determination, less stress, and more positive outcomes. Finally, you can seek out people who are confronted with the same crisis and receive shared experience support from them. One of the best known examples of this type of support is Alcoholics Anonymous. There are support groups for just about every kind of crisis, from health to finances to relationships. Shared experience support can provide emotional, technical, and practical support in a setting of, we totally know what you're going through. And that connection, that shared experience, is very powerful as you confront a crisis. My bottom line message here is this. Regardless of the part of you that wants to close yourself off to everyone, your best bet when facing a crisis is to proactively reach out to and connect with others. In doing so, you give yourself a far greater chance of successfully overcoming the hurdles you face. And as I've just described, the various types of support have many, have many psychological, emotional, and physical benefits that will serve you well as you progress through the crisis and continue developing an opportunity mindset. From Helen Keller, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 12 of Crisis to Opportunity, and be on the lookout for episode 13 in the near future.